This is the Faithful Christian Podcast, a podcast that hopes to encourage you in your walk and your love for our Lord Jesus Christ. During this time that it seems very unpopular to stand for the truth, we hope to be your go-to resource to encourage you to stand for what is true and right according to God's word. Let's go on this journey together. Welcome back to Faithful Christian. I'm Christian Givens, your host, and I have Amadis Watson joining me for her second recording with us. Hello. Thanks. Hey, what's up, Amadis? Um, all right. Hang in there. I hear you. <laughs> all right, so we're about halfway through with the Fruit of the Spirit series, and I haven't read Galatians 5 in a while, so I'm going to head and start with this episode by reading Galatians 5. And I will start. I'm actually going to read the whole thing because I think it's really good. So Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Hmm. Mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for agitators, I wish they would go the whole, the whole way and emasculate themselves. <laughs> Life by the Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love, for the whole entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warned you, as I did before, that those who live like this would not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking each other. I just thought it'd be good for us to reread that and to get a big picture view of 
you know, what Galatians 5 is all about. You know, we often want to skip to the end and just name the fruit of the Spirit, but there's a reason that that is listed. You know, all the fruits are listed. We're also given a list of things that are, you know, what we look like when our flesh is the one leading us. And the opposite of those things, I believe, are the fruits of the Spirit. Right. That's a good place to start, just reading it. I feel like it reoriented. It does give you the big picture. It gives you the why. Yeah, absolutely. It gives you the perspective of we're dying to ourselves mm-hmm. so the Spirit can live in us. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you evidence of what, what does it look like when the Spirit's alive and oh, this is who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So the Greek word for goodness is agathosune, and it translates to uprightness of heart and life. And I also looked up what uprightness means, just because I don't think it's a word that we use in our everyday lingo. And, you know, I don't think of anyone who I know is, you know, we know honorable people and honest people, of course. But I don't think I can think of anyone who is perfectly honorable and honest at all times. Mm, Facts. I kind of wanted to see what your thoughts are. I know you have a lot to say about this topic of goodness, which is why I wanted you back on, Ama. And I think that we'll be able to kind of like hash out like where we are in under our understanding of this fruit of the spirit and how God has, you know, used this fruit of the spirit in our lives, you know, and what we're learning. Sure. Um, maybe like three years ago, I was doing word studies on the fruit of the spirit. And I was doing goodness. And when I first saw that it meant like moral excellence, moral perfection, like perfect uprightness, Mm -hmm. I felt like God correlated or just directed me to fix my gaze on his holiness, his otherness, his completely set apart, unlike anything you've ever seen. So holiness means to be set apart. Holiness has like the quality of being other. It's not the select all the apply. It's the box that's like we cannot encapsulate how not like this or how not like these like, not like these answers god is he's the box like none of the above yeah yeah <laughs> um, sure. that so holiness is is just the element of being so out of this world but he directed that to me through the concept of just so even as we i was looking up the word today and reviewing and refreshing and goodness as described when you do go back to the Greek is it described as the intrinsic nature of God, like the intrinsic state of being good. Kristen said the word and I do not speak Greek, but I'll try it. Agathos is its root word. And here it says the usage means definition is good. And the usage here in um, Galatians five is that meaning intrinsically good, mm-hmm. good in nature good whether it be seen to be so or not the widest and it says most colorless of all words with this meaning just because it's so broad it's not specific but just this idea that we everyone's heard the phrase god is good all the time all the time god is good (laughs) but that's just from the fact that his goodness is intrinsic to his nature and it's not dictated by the circumstances we perceive or how we perceive circumstances. I like that. The part that you said that really stuck out to me is seen to be good, so, or not. Right. And I think oftentimes, even in 
Christian circles, we are, you know, we have, we fall short of wanting to question him and why things happen in our lives. And it's hard to see him as good, you know, in those hard times. Mm. Can um, I give a witness? Because me and the Lord, were, so I'm taking intentional more time right now just to spend time with the Lord and hear his heart and to pray and intercede and to fast. But yesterday I was wrestling with his goodness. We've just gotten warped with what we perceive as good. Yeah. And I have made the goodness of God a materialistic thing. Like, he's not good because someone else has a bigger car, more money. I'll pack a car, I'm He's not good because. But um, as I just sat there and confessed my brokenness and repented, like, he just really showed me the intrinsic goodness of God. Like I was sitting there and then it was like my faulty logic was eclipsed by the truth. Mm. And it's not that I walk, I don't, uh, like I, I'm not in the habit of accusing God. Me uh, me feeling like God's not good isn't a necessarily um, a normal state of my heart, but it comes. It comes to everybody. Like you're yeah. walking, you're like, I'm still waiting for these things. If you were good, you would give it to me. Or like, oh, everyone's like, God is good. I'm a millionaire. But like, who's saying God is good when they... Like... They got two cents in their bank account. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think we've equated God's goodness to the American dream. Facts. And, and it's... it's today. Yeah, it's terribly sad that we've done that. Um. So goodness. So this is what I wrote to myself. I said, I've made it all about stuff. I thought to myself, how did I get trapped into making God's goodness about stuff? Mm. And then I just started to think, and he showed me, like, that he would save me once from hell, that he would save me every day from self, that he would lead the way in patience and not condemn me when I'm faithless, that he'd provide for every hunger and perfect timing so not to hinder the inner working of his spirit, conforming me daily to his likeness, that he reserves a day for judgment when all injustice will be silent, the scene of suffering air before him, but not ignored, for God implores him. God intercedes to God. We see that in Psalms 2, where Jesus is talking to God about the nation. So God is praying to God on the behalf of us. Mm-hmm. God at work to reclaim his inheritance. God came down to save the nations. Mm-hmm. Yes, God is good. This little blip of time that we measure so many, so much of our everything on like our comfort level is what dictates our joy we lose sight yeah of the savior and his original purpose i don't know if we're getting off but god is good and has nothing to do with what's going on because everything that's going on guess what it's going to be terrible because the world is terrible and he saved the world and it's all the process of being like him Mm -hmm. through the nations so we can go be with him and the fact that that possible is because he is good. Yeah, amen. That's right on point. I need to hear that for myself. Wow. Back to the, I guess we can try to draw this back to how that works itself out in our lives, you know. Goodness in the life of a believer comes out in obedience to the commands of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And looking out for the best interests of others. So there are two components to that, you know. We are obedient, to what the Lord says. And that obedience worked itself out in being, showing kindness and goodness to others in our lives. 
or strangers, complete strangers. It doesn't have people people in your life. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think that's true? Do you think there are other ways that it works itself out in our lives? The Lord gives this illusion in Scripture that faith and the gospel is like receiving a seed. And while people will say that maybe like the most exciting part, like maybe to us, just if we're using this analogy of a plant, isn't the seed. It's not the roots. It's it's the fruit. Like it's mm. the flower. It's the evidence of beauty. It's the proving that it's alive. Like when a seed's underground, for as far as you know, like nothing's happening. But what is happening it is becoming rooted. It's building its root system. Um, it's drawing its nutrition. The roots are the reason there's fruit. The roots are the reason there's life. So I would flip that then to say that before we get focused on doing, we have to be rooted. We have to be planted. The work that will make this fruit possible is the underground work, the mm. building of the root system in your heart where it's God's truth that is your water. It's God's truth that is your sunshine. It's the yielded spirit that is the death that's like a seed. A seed will eat all the nutrition and it's technically dead, but somehow it becomes a plant and there's roots. Like, what the heck? It's like planting is amazing. Yeah. But just the concept of before I focus on being a do-gooder, and not that I want to say it like that, before I focus on works, I need to look at my heart. Yeah. Before I focus on how do I do better at doing good, the answer is, Spend more time with Jesus. Be in the word. And it's always going to come back to that because without him, how we can't be changed. Without being in his presence, we don't know him. So everything comes back to being rooted. And that's what gives your works the intrinsic value. Because God doesn't just look at your actions. He looks back into your heart and why they came out. Mm, yeah. And the good thing about that is that we are given examples of how to walk and how to live it out. Right. You know, and we're not just left in the dark to say, oh, well, you have to figure this out on your own. And while we all, you know, we all sin differently and we all have our own, you know, lives that may look very different, we can still pull examples and pull illustrations from scripture from Christ himself of how to walk in purity and how to walk in a life that will produce the fruit of the spirit. So to live it out practically, I just glean from the scriptures, like who I want to be like. Yeah. And I just, I tried to be in surrender and just not walk away friends. Like there's times in life it is hard and it's ugly and your heart's ugly or like the Lord's correcting you about something or it, it might feel like it costs too much, but you can pray even for the willingness just to stay with the Lord. Um, David prayed that, like, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Mm-hmm. Grant me a pure heart. Create me a pure heart. Renew me a steadfast spirit. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So, like, all throughout Scripture, I look at the Bible, I'm like, ooh, Jesus, I want your spirit to be upon me like Samson. But, Lord, I do not want to be given over to the lust of my flesh for my entire life. God, I want to worship you like David. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to, again, be given over to, like, temptation of adultery and, fall- like, so you look all through scripture and there's these beautiful people who love the Lord and and they have, and you desire the qualities of Christ in them and, and keeping your heart ever before the Lord, he works into you. 
and he's faithful to complete the work that he started. So it's not like you have to try so hard. But the willingness, even though it, the willingness is so important, it's the, it's the only real piece of the equation that we offer. Like God owns every single thing. He works outside of the circumstances of man. He works destruction of man to his glory because he's mm-hmm. just, he works redemption of man to his glory because he's grace. So all I have to offer, because the earth of the Lord and everything in it, is my willingness. Yeah. I, but it's so important to give that. Because without it, in a lot of ways, he can't get the work done, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to think of the scripture, like where it says, what do we have to offer? But it's a broken spirit and a contrite heart, right? Psalm 51, I think. Yeah, Psalm 51. I just pulled it up. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. So that is what we have to offer him. We're told that our righteousness is as filthy rags. So, like, all the cries aren't going to even, without the Lord, they're nothing. They're nothing. Absolutely nothing. And, you know, we see these people who don't even know Christ, and we're like, oh, they're doing such great things. But without Christ, like, it's all for nothing. And we as believers have this obligation. We have this, not even obligation, we have this freedom we're free to do these good things, you know? Mm. We're free to be a blessing to others. We're free to give to the homeless. We're free to love on our neighbor. We're free to welcome in the persecuted. We're free to love on those who are ostracized by societies and even other believers and to show them love and to be light to them and to welcome them with love and to correct when there needs to be correction. And we're free to do those things. And that is how the goodness in my my view works itself out you know right it works itself in freedom to do the good works right the ability to do the good works but i almost see it like when the lord saves us and he says therefore you are a new creation the old has gone the new has come and he puts a new spirit in us Mm -hmm. i believe what he's showing us is that because of the spirit the fruit of the spirit is that god is redeeming the essence of who i am and it will only be perfected in Christ at the final when we see him. Yeah. Now the core of me, as I work out my salvation, as I'm being sanctified, is like the, the life of the spirit. It is goodness. So before Christ, like the heart is desperately wicked. Who can understand it? And because of Christ's work of salvation, God has given me through the spirit his intrinsic goodness. Yeah. Which means the core of who I am is be being conformed to the likeness of Christ. Yeah. I mean, as I surrender, the core of who I am is being more like Christ. So like this, he's giving me part of his likeness, this intrinsic goodness. He's now through the spirit building inside of me. Mm. So like we could talk works for days, yeah. but the core of who I am is God is building goodness into the core of who I am by the works of his spirit, by his spirit. Yep. Let me just preface this or just say we don't believe that works save. So anyone who's hearing us and hears us talks works is not that that saves us. Right. The works are the fruit of a, you know, of a um, transformed heart, a regenerated right. heart. So they're not anything that save us. They're just what happened naturally when you have been born again. You want to do the things that are good, that please God, Christ and please the Lord. So 
don't mishear us, you know, when we say works. So I um, just want to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, so it's just a, a regenerated spirit. Yeah, absolutely. A completely new spirit. A new spirit that we work together now with our flesh. So yeah. it's like, I have a new spirit, but my flesh is still the same old dead flesh. <laughs> and so I've got to feed the spirit. Yep. Starve the flesh. And in that process, it's sanctification. Yo, if I'm honest, I'm a, like, it has been a struggle to starve the flesh lately. Like, I just know that, what's, where is it in Romans? Is it Romans 7 or Do what you don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, that struggle, like, I feel it so much more, like, every day. And it's like, man, this is, like, legitimately a real thing. And... Like, there are days where I'm like, I just don't want to, <laughs> like, I just want, I don't want to feel like, I don't feel like fighting today, you know? Like, I don't feel like fighting today. I'm tired. I've had a long day. I just kind of want to comfort myself. You know, I want to just be okay and just comfort myself by just doing what I want to do. And honestly, just knowing, though, that that is even a part of our battle, like, knowing that that is something I have to deal with is, it's comforting because it's like, okay, I know I'm the Lord's. And I know this is not honoring to him, but I should be fighting this a little harder. I should not just want to give in. But at the same time, I'm learning that these battles that we face are easier faced when you are in proper community, one. And like you said, when you are actually in, you know, the word and in scripture and in prayer. Like I found, I find that that is the key component that I feel is keeping, it keeps me back. I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but I feel that community is so essential for a vibrant like christian life right and not just that you know there's there are people that are just in your face but there are people that you can you know confess to people that you can be honest with and share your life with you're not hiding any of your transgressions or your sins like you're completely open and honest hey this is what i'm going through this is what my thoughts are like this is what my prayer life has been like and Lately, I don't feel like I've had that, you know, at least not in close proximity. And it's, it makes it harder in many ways. Hmm. With that, because I was even thinking about how um, you're taking on, like in a fight, if you're in a fight, is it easier to fight with one person? Like you're, you against 20 or two against 20. So in this like fight of faith, we need each other. And we need to be strong because our faith supports the faith of each other. So it's like, it's not just about me getting to where I need to go and me getting what I want from God. And even as I considered goodness and as I considered holiness, God was bringing me back to not being so so self-centered. I think sometimes we can be self-centered with the gospel because we focus on saved a wretch like me. (laughs) (laughs) And we just get lost in like... I needed grace. I love you, God, because you saved me, me, me. And we're thinking about me. Yeah. How it makes us feel and all. Like, and no, it's good. It's good to worship the Lord for what he's done for you. So don't hear me miscorrect. And it's good to acknowledge that, yes, he has saved us. But then you have to remember that anybody who saves anything has a purpose for what they saved. Mm-hmm. So God wasn't just full of pity and where he just felt sorry. So he pulled us out. Like, he had an intention and redemption is about being brought back for your original intention. Like 
the land being set free. Redemption in the Old Testament was like avenging blood of those who had been harmed, buying back slaves, and keeping property inside the family. So original purposes, original like things being brought back to right. So it's mm. not just that I, I'm free, so now I get to live a happy life because God is about my happiness. It's I have been saved because I was made by God for and a purpose. I was stolen because of my own will. I, I, but he has brought me back. I've been redeemed. I've been brought back into my original purpose. So when I think of um, goodness, I don't even know where that came from. It's just like that being saved isn't just about us. Yeah. It's about the, the redemptive story. What is your heart for me? How does it look in my circle of influence, in my job? What does your goodness look like displayed in my life? What works have you preordained for me to do? What is it? What are your dreams for where I am? Yeah. What are your dreams for who I am? Because you made me and you had a plan and you redeemed me. So we can get back to like, I would say plan A. I don't know if that's completely correct, but he redeemed us. Yeah. So we think of goodness. It's almost like God in my life, as I become more like you in the essence of who I am, what have you created in my heart or the, the essence of Jesus? Now I have his spirit of a new spirit and he is making me in his likeness. So as I am redeemed, I'm asking, we've been saved with preordained works. So when I think of goodness about doing good to the brethren, there's basic goodness. Love your neighbor as yourself. Pray for those who persecute you. Bless those who curse you. Live in harmony. Do good to all believers. Do good to all the brethren, especially the body of believers. Um, do not let any profane things. So there's all these commandments of God that we grow in. Mm-hmm. And then there's specific things that are his goodness expressed to the world through you. His goodness expressed to your church body through you. What spiritual gifts has he given you? His goodness expressed in to um, your workplace through you. Are you an encourager? Do you love justice? Like all these acts are to build and through your redeemed life to redeem. Yeah. Um, so I think of goodness as part of the hands and feet to the story of the redemptive journey of Jesus in you, through you. Yeah, that's good. I think what you brought, um, what you said, brought up um, what you talked about earlier, without holiness, no one will see God. Mm. Um, that's what ran through my mind when you are talking. School man. And I have been just listening to, you know, different sects in Christianity and how there is not a push for holy living and how we just are okay with everyone. Just what you have to be authentic to your true self, you know, is what is the popular phrase nowadays in America. And that's just Americans Christianity. And I read a book by Francis Chan, Letters to the Churches, that book really made me ashamed of the American church in many ways, because we are all about our comforts, and we're all about our shows, and we're all about our coffee, with our services, and we just want people to feel good, you know? Mm. And there's nothing wrong with people feeling good, but when it comes at the expense of downplaying who God is, yeah. and downplaying what he requires of us, mm. then I take, into, I take a problem with that. Right. It's not like God is out to take away our fun. You know, I think believers can have the most fun in the world. But it does come down to what does that fun look like, you know? What is that fun? Are we living and we doing things that we consider fun that are 
immoral, you know, that are anti-scripture. And that has been a big struggle for me. I'm just like, we have got to get back to what is mandated. And I'm not trying, you know, we're not trying to take away anything from anyone. If anything, these things are to enhance our lives. They're for your protection, one. They're to guard your soul. You know, they're to draw you closer to Christ. And one verse or scripture that I've been reading is Ephesians 5, 1 through 9. And it says, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or even any kind of impurity or of greed because of these are because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For this, you can be sure no immoral, impure or greedy person. Such a person is an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Hmm. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Oh, come on. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. I just see there's a there's a push, you know, there's not a push towards this kind of living. Hmm. This is said in the beginning follows god's example this is god's example Mm -hmm. and we're not following that example we are just saying oh you know don't matter just there's grace to cover and i like i've said this before and i'll say it again god's grace does cover our sin like i sin you know and i know god's grace covers it but we are not to make a practice of wanting to live in sin and we should be actively following God's example and remembering that also this is not us that is doing the works of doing this. Like the spirit gives us the desires that are pure, that are holy. And it's following those desires instead of following the natural fleshly desires that sets us apart, you know? Right. So I, I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot. And when you mentioned that holiness without holiness, no one will see God. That's just, it's, it's a scary thing. And it was right there when you... But it's something that has to be addressed, you know? Yeah. Like, right there in Galatians 5, when you're reading that, no people who live by the flesh... Where is it? Let me pull it up. But it was right all up in that passage. Oh, yeah. Um, No one who does these things or who lives like this will inherit the kingdom of God. Which... There, like the opposite would be, or the the same sentence in we have, what is it, First Peter? No, Hebrews 12. Um, Without holiness, no one sees God. Anyone who lives like this, which is unholy, does not inherit the kingdom of God. So it is serious. And we're encouraging each other. So no one, we have all come to Christ by the blood of Christ through repentance and the baptism. One of blood, meaning we're covered, we identify, we believe. That Jesus is Lord. So you know, I just I just had a thought. I think a lot of people are so offended by these type of scriptures that list out, you know, these long sins because they're like, Well, who can who can live to these standards, you know? That's the whole point. And who are you to judge me because of how I choose to live? Right. <laughs> but that's the whole that's, that's the, the whole point of point. point exposing for what we really are because he is the judge and what you say will not change the truth which is so we, 
we have to look hard at the truth. Yeah. No, yeah. I I think we need to make a practice as a church to be honest with what we struggle with. Come on, people. Like, every single last one of you guys in this church are not perfect. Like, none of us are perfect. Let's get that straight. We all fall short. And the only way that we are truly going to beat this and be living in the fruit of the spirits and, you know, living out this goodness is by being open and honest with each other of where our hearts have been and where we have allowed our hearts to go, you know? Right. He says to confess one to another and we find healing. Listen, yeah. James, please. Yeah. And that's actually some, uh, the, the beginning of God healing me from patterns of sin was being honest to confess and not just with anybody. Sometimes you can get into a group of people. Mm-hmm. You all start talking about your sins and you feel better because you think, oh, I'm not such a bad person. Everybody sins. That is not the goal. You do not want to console yourself with someone else's. True. You confess. The Lord tells us in Titus when we're looking about leaders to measure their life. Look at their life and how they live. And so when you are confessing to grow, Mm -hmm. you need to find a mentor, someone who is walking in faith, who is full of wisdom, who is full of the Holy Spirit. And who can give you the real and true counsel of the word of God in grace and in truth. So it isn't just pulling your best friend aside who doesn't know the Lord or who just became saved yesterday and saying, yo, brother, I really struggle with blah, blah, blah. That probably is not going to get you anywhere except for, I don't know. (laughs) So it's finding a mature believer. Taking that step of obedience, taking God at his word that if I confess... One, God is just and faithful and he will forgive. And as I confess and walk in the light to someone I can be accountable to, to someone who is mature, to someone who does know the word, that in that I will find healing and in that I will find freedom. Amen. Amen. It all comes down to obedience for me. So as we're wrestling through this, you know, this part of the fruit of the spirit and through goodness, I ultimately believe that the Lord is showing me that goodness comes down to obedience to his commands. And that, like I said earlier, is played out by us being kind and doing good things to others or for others. And I don't know. I think that's my conclusion of that. Like, I don't know if I can add anything else to it because I'm not good in and of myself. Every time, every we could say anything, not not you or us, but like whenever the conclusion I feel that God always brings me to is know me. Mm. K-N-O-W, know me. So John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life, that you may know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So salvation isn't just the prayer it's the the knowledge of god and knowing god like it says in first john that in the day that we see him we will be like him yeah but as we get glimpses of him all on this side of eternity as i get to see more of god as i get to experience more of god as i pursue and taste and see more of god he's making me like him so every time i see anything that wow that's totally god to have it, you just need more of God. Like it's 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 a very simple equation. It's very challenging. It looks like a million different things when you're practicing it. So 
So it could be like more of God means less TV. More of God means cutting out those things that feed the flesh. More of God means diving into the words so I know God. More of God means pursuing mm-hmm. godly community of people who also want God. But to have anything that's godly, godlike, the essence of God, goodness, as I see it, and every time um, I ask God how, he just says, like, follow me. And yeah. I guess my, any encouragement that I would have is just to be committed to the process. Billy Graham's wife wrote on her tombstone, like, end of construction, thank you for your patience. So, like, <laughs> faith saying, wow, I was not perfect, and whew, finally it's over, it's done. Yeah. Thank you for your patience. So just, if you're coming to know Jesus, I pray for God's grace over you to be committed to the process, because it's lifelong, and it's beautiful. And it's more beautiful than it is hard. Yeah, it is. I would encourage with Second Peter 1 through 3, or 1 3, 2 Peter 1 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. So, mm. like you said, knowing him. And glory and goodness. His goodness. glory and his goodness. Right there. Yeah, that is what I would say as an encouragement. And this, I feel like we wrestled through this one and I know I would, (laughs) so it's fine. But I think these conversations need to be had, you know, by us. And we need to wrestle through these things because we just read the scripture and we just think we, oh, we get it. We understand it. But no, I don't get it all the time. And it helps me to really kind of just talk through it, even if I'm talking in circles, like, because I know that God is working through that mm-hmm. and I know that he's going to reveal himself and how it works out in our lives through that conversation. I'll probably be able to pull something, you know, later on this week in my life in a practical way from what we talked about. So mm-hmm. I will close with one question for us both. So Ama, how has God revealed his goodness to you recently? I think I've really seen so I'm 27, guys, and for whatever reason, 27 just felt like a big year in my life where somehow I had reached the completion of something. I couldn't tell you what, but I just felt like I had graduated into more of an adulthood where the preparation of knowing they, just different things, like in my nursing or spiritually, where it's like I'm not a baby anymore. So I feel like I've seen the goodness of God as I consider like a baby picture of myself. I was looking at my pictures on my piano as I was playing. Um, There's family pictures up there. And I saw myself at two years old. And that was three years, four years before I got saved. But then there's a picture of me at 12 years old. And I remember at 12, I had just learned like truly and deeply that God loves me. And then there's a picture of me like in college. And I was just thinking like, there's a song right, right now called The Goodness of God that all my life he has been faithful. And I was thinking, like, the things I used to struggle with. Like, I struggled through nursing school. Oh, but God, you, you, I remember you were there with me. Like, yeah. I, like the trials of going through Christian school. Because sometimes Christians are not the nicest people you expect them to be, and they're not. Like, but God, you were with me. So as I consider his faithfulness, he's the only person in my life who has been with me every moment of my life. Mm-hmm. Who knows every single thing I've done and yet loves me 
unconditionally. And even as I was wrestling just yesterday with the goodness of God in lieu of like materialism and the American dream, that's what he reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That he had just, he's been there and he is so patient and it refreshed me and it just fueled me to, to continue just to orient my mind to the truth that what's important to a man is a lot of times not what's on God's top five. Wow. That's good. For myself, I would say, I think God's been showing his goodness in just the constant reminders um, of, of his goodness. If I'm, Like you said, in my life, through just me remembering that no matter how I feel, no matter how I'm doing, that I have been forgiven. Mm-hmm. And that I have given, been given a new life in him. And even as I look back, you know, I look back at my life and I, I mean, I didn't have a perfect life growing up, but like it was really comfortable. And I just think I equated that with your goodness, you know, growing up. And now I have, I feel free to now say, if I never got another thing, like blessing, material blessing from God, like I have everything I need. Right. And mm-hmm. that, that to me has been like, it's a freeing thing. It's so freeing because I used to just worry so much about dollars and things. And now I'm like detached. And that's to the point where I like don't care. I don't do anything. I don't work. You know, I work and I work hard for what I have. But I don't rely on these things to give me comfort like I used to. And that to me has been God showing to hate me. Hey, I'm good. Mm. You know, like your car is not good. Your money ain't good. <laughs> you know, like your house is not good. And if I recall them from you, will you still think I'm good? Mm. And I'm like, yeah. I'm at the point where I'm like, yeah, no, God is good, even without all those things. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a testament of his goodness in my life because I definitely was an idolater, like when it came to possessions. When it comes to that particular struggle, I definitely can say God has been good to me and setting me free and showing me where I should find my, my pleasure and where I should find my comforts. And that has been a blessing. Amen. So, amen. Well, thanks for well, listening, friends, if you yeah. listen this long. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for listening to us rant, and, uh, which I promise I wouldn't do on this podcast, but this one was tough. <laughs> well, it, was, it, took a, it was like, yeah, it was. It was an This was a tough one, guys. And I really want to hear what you guys have to say about goodness and how have you experienced it or how are you wrestling through it? And there are a lot of good articles out there on the web that I've read about it. I feel like everyone has gone through the similar journey with us, as us, I should say. And this is cool to see where everyone's conclusions come to. We all kind of come to the same point, you know, but it's just interesting to see how all of us get there. Thank you for listening, guys. And thank you, Ama, for joining. So the next episode will be on faithfulness. And I hope you guys will tune in to listen to that one. And thank you guys for joining once again. Peace. Bye.